Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 7 of 2021, episode 7 of 2021. All right, so we crossed over into 2021, and 2021 does not look like it's going to get better for all of us. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. All I can say, honestly, I can make my own predictions of what I think is going to happen. So far, uh, what, what, what has happened? Well, um, Vice President Pence did not pick the electoral colleges that would have helped Trump win. Why? I don't know. Um, you can call him a Judas if you want. You can get angry with him. Uh, maybe he just wanted out. I don't know. It's it's a shocker and it's sad and it's tragic. Sadly. We uh, then saw uh, that particular time where there was a big rally and Trump did not tell the people to storm the Capitol. He did not tell the people to destroy property. He did not tell them to go into the chambers. He never said that. But unfortunately, among the people, among the rallies, there were, um, there was Antifa. There was probably some Black Lives Matter. There were probably people there that, Wanted to make it look bad. Another thing of the Capitol Police. There wasn't a lot of security. I myself work in security. And I can tell you. From what everybody says. And from people who were there and eyewitnesses. Uh, they said it was very lax. And I personally think. I think it was done deliberately. Uh, to let the crowds in. Some even say the, the Capitol Police let them in. There was a couple of men who went into the chamber. Some sat on the, the House Speaker's seat. People broke windows. There's even videos that show uh, Trump supporters trying to stop people from doing it. But the damage has been done. Okay, so now they can use these images. And now um, Nancy Pelosi. Look, the Democrats now have the presidency. They have the, they have the, the House. They have the Senate. Right. And they have uh, the uh, at least the control somewhat in a sense. It's almost broken. But unfortunately, uh, Justice Roberts, you can say he can go on the other side. So unfortunately, they have also the, the Supreme Court somewhat in an uneven manner. That's what happened. One of those justices retire, they're gonna have they're, they're gonna put they're gonna put their own uh, judge in. So, unfortunately, this is this is where we are, this is where we are, people. So, what's gonna happen? Well, he got banned from Twitter. President Trump, his account got uh, suspended, canceled. Uh, they're gonna start coming down on people on YouTube. I don't know what's going to happen on podcasts. Most likely they will have, um, they're going to be doing this on podcasts. 
um, there is this, the ones who are now in control are big tech corporations. Their money, their influence, and their power is in control of the Democratic Party. This is more like an oligarchy control. It's the elitists, the powerful people with money and, and, and all the influence that money can do with a government and with a politician. That's one unfortunate thing we're going through right now. This thing was a lot bigger than we thought. It's a lot bigger than we thought. It's a globalist movement to take over. All right, Trump was an eruption, a, a disturbance in their dark side force. He came in and he basically didn't destroy their plans, but he disrupted whatever plans they had for uh, for whatever what, what globalist takeover. This is exactly what it is. This is exactly what's ta what's happening here. They, the other day, Mark Levin said that progressivism does not go well with constitutionalism. It's basically, I guess you can say, relativism. The, the ideology of relativism, the ideology that the left likes to hold everything, basically they like they like the movability, they don't like the 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 so-called. Um, they don't like working within the box. They don't like working within borders. They don't like working within rules. They want to have the liberties to break the rules. They want to have the liberty to to uh, move around things. This is. This is it. This is what they want. Nancy Pelosi wants to impeach him and she wants to invoke the 25th Amendment. The man has less than a week left in the White House and she hates him with an absolute passion. But it's not just her. It was a, there's a lot of Republicans that hate him. There's a lot of Republicans that hate him. Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham and several other Republicans, they hate the man because they hate what he did. He wasn't supposed to win back in 2016. It was supposed to be Hillary or whoever, uh, you know, other somebody else other than Trump, at least. And this is not what she wanted. This is not what the, the, the so-called elitists wanted. There is a... There is a political machine that these people have put together that they knew all the the quirks in it. They knew all the parts. They knew how it functioned. It was their world and no one else was supposed to come in and disrupt it. If anyone comes in from the outside, that person better learn how to play by their rules. And Trump was not the one. Hillary was supposed to be the one. Maybe Mitt Romney is supposed to be the one. Maybe the late John McCain was supposed to be the one. But not Donald Trump. And not anyone else who has, who actually wants to go by the actual articles and documents that the founding fathers put together. No. Not Donald Trump. 
definitely not Donald Trump. Maybe Joe Biden before, maybe four years, maybe four years ago might have been him. But no, not Donald Trump. Actual patriotism is anathema to the establishment politicians, to the swamp. Actual virtues is an anathema to these people. Okay? Abiding by God's law and natural law is an anathema to them. These are just words that's meant for the little people. Truth, justice in the American way is not the elitist, not the oligarchy. That's not their virtues. That's not their virtues. No, that's meant for the little people. That's meant for people like you and me. Okay, real power is in the hands of the elite. The elite do not play by God's law. They do not play by by the, the rules uh, that are that are related to God's law. No, that's meant for people like you and me, the little person, the the the, the commoner. So this is where we are. All right. I opened up, but I didn't say a prayer, right? <laughs> All right. Let's open up with a prayer. We'll say in our Father and one Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, now over our death. Amen. Wow. Well, it's very... It's very disappointing, isn't it? Um, so where are we going to go from here? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've been really depressed for the last couple of days. I did not. I mean, it didn't look good. Um, all the images that we had was not good. It was not good at all. And unfortunately, now we have crossed the Rubicon. Maybe we can call it that. And unfortunately, we found ourselves uh, where we are now. So, um, let's look at some, um, some news reports here. All right, so I have an article here from LifeSite News by John Henry Weston from the desk of the editor. He's the editor of LifeSite News. LifeSite News. The truth about the 2020 election is far more sinister than you think. At LifeSite, we've known this for 25 years. It was the reason why we were we began this media mission. January 8th, 2020. The election in the United States was manipulated massively in order to favor Joe Biden. And only that, the mainstream media's narrative about the election is false, but it's power of influence is too immense is so immense it's creating division among the best defenders of the truth this past week has been unbelievable we need to pray like never before the truth has become obvious in some ways 
yet the falsehood are so effective that the vast majority of good people are being deceived. I can agree with him on this one. Um, a lot of my co-workers um, at my job, they, they hate Trump. They hate Trump. A lot of them call Trump supporters Nazis. A lot of them uh, think he's he's crazy. Um, they they they're they're not look the average person, the average individual, either is too scared, or just doesn't have the time or the energy, or the willpower, or the interest. Sometimes it could be just completely an indifferentism, indifferent to the whole thing. Some of them just don't want to believe that there's, there's a manipulation going around. And some of them just don't think it's their business. It's hard, you know, it's hard to talk to people. Other people, because of their philosophy, the way they were raised are not, you know, they just, they just have the view that they have. I know someone who believes himself to be an anarchist and he really, um, you know, he, he, I guess he really does, or maybe he thinks he's an anarchist. I don't know. I don't know. The, the, the problem is, is that depending on how you live your life and what you spend your time. Most of the people I hang out with have strong um, attraction to art, to art, uh, to the art world. They lean towards the art world, and and majority of the art world leans towards the left. They have very leftist ideologies. They have leftist philosophy. They have a leftist worldview. You know. I mean, there's one person I know who uh, on his Facebook page, when he talks about religion, he has to put down, I have no strings attached. So he views as people who are religious are people with strings attached. They're like Pinocchio or a marionette or a puppet on strings, technically. That's his view about religion. There's a lot of people that hold that. Other people, their religious views have very strong social justice attitudes. I don't think they look at religion from a very supernatural attitude. They look at religion from the attitude of, uh, as a tool to fight poverty and injustice. I, one person the other day was playing what sounded like a podcast uh, of a black minister, clearly a black minister, who sounded like almost like he 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 was leaning towards a very republican approach but when you listen to the end when you listen completely to the whole thing because he was playing it quite loud in the locker room when you listen completely to the whole thing um it was it 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 didn't go right enough. All right. Obviously, uh, the minister had a very high view of Raphael Warnock. 
who won the Senate seat in Georgia. All right. And um, had a very a, a respectable view of Asnoff, uh, the one who won uh, the other senator seat in Georgia. They didn't, this person just obviously didn't, you know, didn't really, um, was obviously not leaning towards a Republican camp. So I'm going to have to say he was leaning towards a very, uh, the Democratic Socialist camp. A lot of people hold their religion, uh, those who are Christian, mainly a lot of African Americans, they lean towards a very socialist, social justice camp. Many of them have been influenced by, um, a different version of uh, liberation theology. That's all what liberation theology is is concerned about, is social justice. It doesn't care about the theology. It doesn't care about the supernatural. It doesn't care about Christian doctrine. Every, all that has been stripped away and everything was leaned towards social justice. So that, has, that was deliberately done during the... Um, 60s and 70s and 80s, that many of the black churches would lean towards so, uh, social justice. And that's exactly what happened. Okay, so let's continue. You know what John Henry um, Weston's saying here. All right, okay, so the next paragraph. What is currently happening in the U.S. seems capable enough of destroying the conservative movement. It also has potential to be used by the left all over the world as a um, gudgel to make defenders of faith, life, and family to be crazed, violent enemies of the people. But anyone should be able to see, at the same time, the very tools used to steal the election of 2020, since they are now at play like never before. The mainstream media, and even more than that, the social media monopolies, have been the biggest manipulators of a fair election. They have laid outright and con- they have lied outright and concealed the truth. They have censored even the president of the United States with impunity, and no one on either side even disputes this. Moreover, early this year, I interviewed on this show Robert Epstein, an atheist Jewish Democrat who, despite his political leanings, was appalled at the election manipulated, be, uh, manipulation being undertaken by Google and other big tech social media against uh, media social giants such as Twitter and Facebook. He scientifically demonstrated the massive vote manipulation that was possible and showed that it was in effect. Beyond even this, we had the hearings into voter fraud, which showed testimony of hundreds of sworn affidavits and the manipulation in courts, which forbid the evidence from ever being presented. Furthermore, we had video of fraud being carried out and heroic sting operations, which demonstrated the voter fraud lie for all to see, except hardly any did hardly anyone see it. Why? Because the mainstream media is under almost total control by the left. At LifeSite, we've known for this for 25 years. It was the reason why we began this media mission, yet. Despite our best efforts, most of the good, God-fearing people cannot see what is happening. 
Let me try to show you some of that. Just enough. I'll play whatever it is uh, on the audio. I can't play it on my audio. Um, and I have a I have a um, a YouTube channel, um, the Informed Catholic. I know I haven't put anything on it. I don't have um, the tools. Um, and right now, I'm very hesitant of using YouTube because YouTube censors and um, takes down channels. I might try to see what I can do with Rumble, um, but I don't know yet because I don't know what's going to go on. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Google controls YouTube. And um, from what I heard now, Google controls a lot of the servers. Uh, Amazon controls a lot of the servers. And I think even with um, Facebook. So I don't know what I'll be able to do. I'm not even too sure what's going to happen in the future, even with podcasts. So we'll have to see what's going to go on because they're going to they're going to eventually turn their attention to conservative podcasters. Eventually, they're going to do that. At some point, they're going to do it. I can't really say what I'm going to be able to do myself. So... Um, they made sure that they had a monopoly on everything. And uh, people are brainwashed. I'm sorry to say this. Even people who I'm considered my friends, I'm beginning to have doubts about them. Doubts about their understanding of things of what's going on. Um, you know, I'm being very careful who I talk to at my job. Because um, I know that sooner or later, there are going to be people that's going to like report people. There's a lot of there's people I do know at work who are afraid. They're frightened. They're frightened about who they talk to. Because, you know, I mean, they did this during the Third Reich where they where Hitler you, uh, made his made children's parents you know, turn against their parents. Uh, Stalin did it to people to to in his in his regime. Um, so it was done in 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 many places, even in China and North Korea. It's being done now. So who's to say that they can't do this? I mean, they want to take over ch uh, people's children. They want to control the education system. So why wouldn't they not brainwash people families? They want to even, I mean, look at how Nancy Pelosi began at the beginning of the Senate. She wants to eliminate father, mother, wife, husband, mother, daughter, son, father, daughter, son, you know, family, uh, all the, all the, all the things that make people into families, all the things that, that bind their identity together. Now they want to, you bring that social engineering, progressive social, political correct social engineering, which is a Marxist ideology into, into people's lives. The state wants to do this. So like I said, we don't know what's the future going to hold for all of us. Myself personally, um, I, I'm not scared. I'm more angry. I'm angry. Because I don't think we've done enough. 
I'm angry because our leaders, especially in the church, they're not doing anything. That's, that's the thing that bothers me. We have this faith. We were promised the Holy Spirit. We know Christ is true because we know that the miracles and the revelation and the church is true. And no one is doing anything. I mean, we just read the story a couple of days ago of St. Stephen, the first martyr, who went up before the Sanhedrin and spoke in defense of the gospel of, of, of Jesus Christ and died. All right? We know this is true. Okay? We just read, we, we also went through the story of St. Thomas Becket, who stood up against a king who was his friend and died for the faith in England, for the Christian, the Catholic Christian faith. We know, I know this also, the same story in England of St. Thomas More and St. John Fisher, who both men died for the faith. They died for the faith, just like St. Stephen, St. Thomas Becket, Thomas More, St. Thomas More, and St. John Fisher. And then there were also the holy martyrs of England, the ones who in the north, who were all killed, slaughtered, genocide committed by Henry VIII. These things we know is possible it's possible to die for your faith when you know that Jesus Christ is true. Okay? So, myself personally, if this is the only way I could save my soul, if this is the only way I could, you know, I, you know, because I know I'm a sinner and I know I have a lot of things against me, personal things, things that I know I've done and I know I repent of them, but also... My only fear is my dear mother. That's, that's, the only, that's the only worry I have. I have for her. But what, what will they do? What will happen? I don't know. Will they try to shut the churches again? I mean, someone made it quite clear. They probably shut the churches down and then they made everybody to sort of like stream because maybe maybe that way they could watch the priests, hear what the priests are saying. Maybe this is what God wants, that he wants us to become saints. Maybe, he, maybe, we're, maybe we're gonna witness that, I don't know. But make no, make no mistake about it. They're sinister. They're sinister people, and they will probably, there's a lot of them who hate the Christian faith with an unbelievable passion, and they hate, they hate everything about it. But there's a lot of them out there that are willing to make their church and be servants of the state, like the one who stood up in front of the Senate and said, amen and a woman. So make no mistake about it. There's a lot of them that will do it. It happened before during the Roman Empire when Constantine 
gave freedom to Christians to come out into the light and become part of Roman society. There was good and there was bad there. On his side, there was good intentions. I'm quite certain about that, that Constantine had good intentions. His mother was a Christian. Although there might be some scholars who debate on what kind of Christians they were. But I think besides the ignorance that maybe whatever it is that people had about the faith, because the, the, there was no official Bible, at least not, a lot of people didn't read. A lot of people memorized things back then, which is perfectly fine because it's the same thing with uh, probably people in Jesus' day. They probably didn't read, but they memorized the teachings of the faith. So the problem was is that a lot of our shepherds back then, the bishops, all became, um, they had patrons. Uh, a lot of Romans supported them financially. Some of them were pagan people. Some of them um, wanted to have power and control. It was, it was, this was probably so a lot with the pagans too, I'm sure. But they, the these people decided to get close to the church, get close to the Christian faith by being patrons, by being donors to support the faith financially. And what, what better way to do it than to get close to the pastor, get close to the bishop, get close to the deacon, right? And you can manipulate them. You have the money and they need the money. It's kind of like today. You see what I'm saying? And, you know, probably that's when the great, uh, one scholar called it, that's when the great ecclesiastical gut started to show. I mean, I'm not mocking them, but, you know, I have a, I have a weight problem myself. But the point is they started to manipulate them. And people like Arius comes along with his bad ideas and people like the, um, all the other heretics that came along with the bad ideas, but with the support of patrons. I mean, Arianism did not get where it was because I'm quite certain Arius was, you know, even regardless if he was a good looking guy, I don't think he would have gotten far. He needed money. Someone sent him to Rome, I mean, to Constantinople. And all of a sudden, within some time, he was going to become bishop and patriarch of Constantinople, metropolitan. Eventually he died, you know, before he could get on the throne. Some say he was drugged. Some say he was murdered. We don't know. Regardless what, he never made it to the throne, to the bishop's, to the bishop's seat. So... You know, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. And unfortunately, this is why we, we, we have so many bad bishops. All right, so let's continue here. At LifeSight, we've known for, thi for this for 25 years. It was the reason why we began this media mission. Yet despite our best efforts, most of the good, God-fearing people cannot see what is happening. 
Let me try to show you some of that. Just enough you can at least know that you've missed that you've missed something, something big you need to look at, look into, something that may help you understand why Americans are concerned enough to finally raise their voices to protest the stealing of their democracy. People suggest constantly that there is no evidence of voter fraud. Their arguments hinges on lower courts having rejected the attempt to demonstrate that. Well, there is there is testimony from a lawyer for the Trump team working in Nevada. He details all the ways his team verified the fraud and then tells of how they were unable to use the evidence in court because their access to the information was delayed so long that the, de the date set by the court to submit the evidence had passed. And even beyond that, there is much evidence of the voter fraud manipulation on video. We saw Republican poll watchers being denied access over and over again. And let me give a hat tip here to, to Project Veritas, which conducted many sting operations demonstrating massive voter fraud in the act. So, yes, America is being fraudulently handed over to the global reset crowd, which Joe Biden being the lead puppet for the, for, for the moment and the biggest culprit is the mainstream media and the tech giants that have manipulated the election, controlled the flow of information and used their near total monopoly to bamboozle the public world worldwide. They are they are polling accounts on the political right and center. This is a battle for truth, not, not for Donald Trump. A life's, at LifeSite, we have openly criticized Trump for pushing LGBT agenda and will always do that without apology. For blaming Trump for the current situation is ludicrous. The manipulation here is more plain and obvious than it has ever been before. And in all this, I must say, we feel totally helpless, like little mice before a Goliath. But that is exactly where I'm happy to be. Small and outnumbered is the perfect time for our Lord to act. In the end, he is victorious. And in the end, Christ wins. Where do we go from here? The best course of action for freedom-loving pro-life, I believe, is simply this. One. Pray for America and strive for sanctity in our daily lives. Love your family and love your neighbors. That's two. Three, speak truth to power, no matter the cost. Gathering insp uh, inspiration from people like uh, Alexander Silsonesia and Bishop Athanasius Schneider. Four, Prepare for darkness and more persecution, knowing, however, that in the end Christ will be victorious. That's number four. Five, continue to condemn senseless political violence and acknowledge it, acknowledge it as far from concentrated normal or pr uh, prevalent on the American right. No matter what the mainstream media tells us, voter fraud and tyranny in all of, in all of its many forms. LifeSite will continue to bring our readers fearless reporting issues of life, faith, family, and freedom. Please pray for all our journalists and staff that we may prud prudently and accurately report what is happening in America and around the world. All right, that was from LifeSite. So let's see what he's going to tell us here. Um, there's a video, so let me let me let me make put that in the next segment. 
All right, so I'm going to play this. Let's see. Okay. What if I told you that I'm going to show you that the election in the United States of America was manipulated hugely to favor Joe Biden? The mainstream media narrative is false, but its power of influence is immense, even over conservatives. The false narrative is creating division among the best of the defenders of truth. This boils down to the stealing of the election and the constant refrain of no evidence. While it may be a trigger for some, it's actually working. This is John Henry Weston for LifeSite News. Stay tuned. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. What an unbelievable week we've had. We need to pray like never before. The truth has become obvious in some ways, yet the falsehoods are so effective, so powerful, that the vast majority, even of good people, are being deceived. First off, let me say that nearly everyone can see what is currently happening in the United States of America, that it seems capable of destroying the conservative movement, not only in the USA, but also it can be used by the left all over the world as a cudgel to make defenders of faith, life, and family out to be crazed, violent enemies of the people. But anyone should be able to see at the same time that the very tools used to steal the election since they are now actually at play like never before. The mainstream media, and even more than that, the social media monopolies have been the biggest manipulators of a fair election. They have lied outright. They have concealed the truth. They have censored even the President of the United States with impunity. And no one on either side even disputes this. Moreover, Earlier this year, I interviewed on this show Robert Epstein, an atheist Jewish Democrat who, despite his political leanings, was appalled at the election manipulation being undertaken by Google and the other big tech social media giants such as Twitter and Facebook. He scientifically demonstrated the massive vote manipulation that was possible and showed that it was in effect. And I, I had reason to believe, based on marketing research, which had been done at the time, that if indeed search results favored one candidate, and that means you know higher search results take you to web pages that make that candidate look good, better than the opponent, uh, that if there was this kind of favoritism, I thought it could shift uh, voting preferences by two or three percent. In the very first experiment. Uh, that I ran, I got a shift of over 48%, which I, I, I really wow. barely believed uh, because that's impossible. Uh, repeated the experiment yeah. with more subjects, more participants, uh, got a shift of 63%. Uh, just kept doing this over 53? Six, 63% in the second experiment. 63%? Yeah. Wow. Well, by the time we got to the fourth experiment, uh, we, were, we, we did a nationwide 
experiment with more than 2,000 people from all 50 states, when, you're, when you have a big study like that, you can start to look at demographic differences. Uh, there, uh, we not only got large shifts, but in one demographic group, happened to be moderate Republicans, by the way, we got a shift of 80% after just one search. Beyond even this, we had the hearings into voter fraud which showed testimony of hundreds of sworn affidavits and the manipulations in courts which forbade the evidence from being presented in court. Beyond this even, we had video of the fraud being carried out and heroic sting operations which demonstrated the voter fraud live for all to see. Except hardly any did see. And why? Because the mainstream media is under almost total control by the left. At LifeSite, we've known this for some 25 years. It was the reason why we began this media mission in the first place. Yet despite our best efforts, most, even of good, God-fearing people, cannot see what is happening. So let me try and show you some of that. Just enough so you can at least know that you've missed something. Something big you need to look into. Something that may help you to understand why Americans are concerned enough to finally raise their voices to protest the stealing of their democracy. People suggest constantly that there is no evidence of voter fraud, that the argument hinges on the lower courts having rejected the attempts to demonstrate that, even by Trump-appointed judges. Well, watch this. This is the testimony from a lawyer for the Trump team working in Nevada, and he details all the ways in which his team verified the fraud, but then tells of how they were unable to use the evidence in court because their access to the information was delayed so long that the date set by the court to submit evidence had passed. Watch. Here's what we found. Over 42,000, 42,000 people voted more than once our experts were able to make this determination by reviewing the list of actual voters and comparing it to other voters with the same name, address, and date of birth. This method was also able to catch people using different variations of their first name, such as William and Bill, and individuals who were registered both under a married name and a maiden name. At least 1,500 dead people are recorded as voting, as shown by comparing the list of male voters with the Social Security death records. More than 19,000 people voted even though they didn't live in Nevada. This does not include military voters or students. These voters were identified by comparing the list of voters with the U.S. Postal Service's National Change of Address database, among other sources. About 8,000 people voted from non-existent addresses. Here we cross-reference voters with the coding accuracy support system, which allowed our experts to identify undeliverable addresses. Over 15,000 votes were cast from commercial or vacant addresses. Our experts found these voters by analyzing official U.S. Postal Service records that flag non-residential addresses and addresses vacant for more than 90 days. Incredibly, almost 4,000 non-citizens also voted, as determined by comparing official DMV records of non-citizens to the list of actual voters in the 2020 election. 
The list goes on. All in all, our experts identified 130,000 unique instances of voter fraud in Nevada. But the actual number is almost certainly higher. Our data scientists made these calculations not by estimations or statistical sampling, but by analyzing and comparing the list of actual voters with other lists, most of which are publicly available. To put it simply, they explained their methods so others could check their work. Our evidence has never been refuted, only ignored. Two Clark County technical employees came forward completely independent of each other and explained that they discovered that the number of votes recorded by voting machines and stored on USB drives would change between the time the polls were closed at night and when they were reopened the next morning. In other words, votes were literally appearing and disappearing in the dead of night. When we attempted to verify the integrity of these voting machines, we were allowed only a useless visual inspection of the outside of a USB drive. We were denied a forensic examination. Finally, our investigation also uncovered a campaign to illegally incentivize votes from, mar from marginalized populations by requiring people to prove that they voted to receive raffle tickets for gift cards, televisions, and more. Our determined team verified these irregularities without any of the tools of law enforcement, such as grand jury, subpoenas, or FBI agents. Instead, we had less than a month to use critical thinking and elbow grease to compile our evidence. We tried to obtain testimony or documents from Clark County officials, but they obstructed and stonewalled. When we filed suit, state officials and even courts delayed proceedings for days, but then offered us merely hours to brief and argue our cases. In wrapping up, Mr. Chairman, these findings are disturbing, alarming, and un unacceptable in a free society. Now notice, he had all that evidence. So how in the world did the court reject the case? Well, watch. Here is his explanation of how his access to the needed proof was delayed so long that the extremely tight court deadline for evidence had passed, and thus it was inadmissible. Unreal. Have a look. Even when we were able to subpoena the records that led us to discover those 4,000 non-citizens who voted... We couldn't put that into evidence because we didn't get them until the end of the discovery period. And then the court said, well, at that point, it's too late. Our discovery period was essentially three days. And we were denied any meaningful opportunity to even use in our case the information that we got. And the court didn't even consider those things, unfortunately. And even beyond that. There is much evidence of the voter fraud and manipulation on video. We saw Republican poll watchers were denied access over and over again. Let me give a hat tip here to Project Veritas, which has conducted many sting operations demonstrating massive voter fraud in the act. Here are a couple of those. We were aware we were successful in court today. We came to an agreement. Okay. We sued you and... Uh, Part of the agreement was that the barriers come down and we're allowed to be within 10 feet of any ballot counting operations. Okay. I have a copy of the consent decree for you, uh -huh. signed by the judge on the back, and we're allowed to be within 10 feet of counting operations. What the does judge. the paperwork say to make it official? Oh, the judge. The judge on the back. It's two-sided, sir. Right. The judge was best today. Right, well. There's a lot of transparency. And they believe that ballot harvesting is taking place here? Uh, 
I can say that the process has not been transparent at all. To use Ralph's own word, he described it as using secrecy. We have to rearrange our setup so that they can see, okay? Because that was supposed to be a secret ballot. But we're here to like. No name associated with the ballot, but the, the actual casting of the ballot should not be seen by the public. We we interpret it as it's an open process. We're showing you that our process, our process is open to the public. I'm trying to protect the the, the privacy of the vote itself. That's all. So yes, America is being fraudulently handed over to the global reset pushing crowd with Joe Biden, the lead puppet, at least for the moment. And the biggest culprit is the mainstream media and the tech giants who have manipulated this election controlled the flow of information and used their near total monopoly to bamboozle the public worldwide. They are pulling accounts left, right, and center. Well, actually, not not accounts on the left, only the right and center. This is a battle for truth, not for Donald Trump. At LifeSite, you know, we have openly criticized Trump for his pushing of the LGBT agenda, and we'll always do that without apology. But blaming Trump for the current situation is ludicrous. The manipulation is here more plain than it ever has been before. And in all of this, I must say, we feel totally helpless. We feel like little mice before a Goliath. But that's exactly where, I must admit, I'm happy to be, because Small and outnumbered is the perfect time for our Lord to act, and in the end, he is victorious. In the end, Christ wins, and this is his battle, his battle for truth. Now, where do we go from here? And for that, I'd like to quote from our editorial director, Claire Chrétien, who has been just an incredible force at LifeSite News, and she, being an American, has got a perspective on this like few others. Here were her words of where do we go from here. The best course of action, she said, for freedom-loving pro-lifers is simply this. Pray for America and strive for sanctity in our daily lives. That second part is hugely important, striving for sanctity, for holiness in our own daily lives. Love your family and love your neighbors. Speak the truth to power no matter the cost, gathering inspiration from people like Alexander Zolzhenitsyn and Bishop Athanasius Schneider. Fourth, prepare for darkness and more persecution, knowing, however, that in the end Christ will be victorious. And continue to condemn senseless political violence, acknowledging it is far from concentrated, normal, or prevalent on the American right, by the way, no matter what the mainstream media is telling us. Also condemn voter fraud and tyranny of, in all of its many forms. LifeSite will continue to bring our readers fearless reporting on issues of life, faith, and family, and freedom. Please pray for all of our journalists and staff that we may prudently and accurately report what is happening in America and around the world. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston, and may God bless you. 
Hello, this is John Henry Weston. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the John Henry Weston Show YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. There you will find all the past episodes and much more. Thanks again for watching, and may God bless you. All right, so you have it there. That was uh, pretty disturbing. There was one part where there was a fellow talking, but his uh, I didn't think his voice was loud enough because there was loud uh, background music. That, But who knows, maybe it came out all right. I'll check it out later. But this is what we are, we're going to have to go through, unfortunately. Um, I would suggest... Uh, Pray your scriptures, pray the Bible and the rosary. And if you can fit in the liturgy of the hours in your daily life, um, we could do that. I think that's possible. What you can do is um, get yourself the um, cards with the Magnificat and the Benedictus uh, and add that to your daily scripture readings. And uh, we have to get closer to our faith. And that means study our faith more. What's going to happen? I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't, um, I believe that God wants us where we are. This is a time of history where I think he is going to reshape the church. The damage, the greater damage has been done to our church, has been done to the Catholic church. You have to understand that whenever crisis or catastrophes come along it's always to improve the church yeah the church always has to be on its toes and unfortunately with a pope that we have now pope francis is is a secular humanist i know a lot of people don't like hearing me saying this but he is he's a secular humanist he leans towards social justice he, it's almost like good works, but with an empty faith. Um, believing that the faith is evolving, like in like the way they talk about an evolving constitution. That's not the Catholic. It's not the Catholic faith. That's not the Christian faith. Okay, good works are important, but good works with a solid faith is even better. Good works believing in the doctrine is better. Um, the direction he's going, sorry, can't go there. I mean, he's Pope. I'll I believe in the, the Catholic Church is the true church. But I believe he's heading in a very bad direction. He's heading in a very bad direction. All right, I'm going to end it here. Let's say a Hail Mary, and I'll get back to you in another episode. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless.